Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning into the show. Got my regular crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 32nd edition of the Don't Kill a Messengers podcast. This week, we're mostly going to just be covering uh, NCAA football as well as next week. So this is just going to be part one for it. Uh, first thing that we're going to get into is the Big 12. Uh, who are the key players that you guys think uh, people should look out for? this uh, upcoming season. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I think an obvious pick is Baker Mayfield, quarterback, Oklahoma. He was kind of the leader of that team last year in a lot of ways. Uh, just a solid quarterback, you know, ability to scramble and run. Uh, the only problem was last year they ran into really a, a stud team in Clemson and were just outmatched. So I think that experience will bid well for Oklahoma actually making the playoff, getting really a, the most important game in, in their college careers under their belt. And I think they're going to give another good shot at it this year, especially with Baker Mayfield still a quarterback. Yeah, uh, I can agree with that pick. I mean, that's uh, one of the big 12s, uh, Heisman candidates there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then outside of that, like <laughs> – not actual players, but just the positions. I think we need to look out and see what Texas does at quarterback uh, and what does Baylor end up doing at quarterback. Uh, I think those are two interesting scenarios to see what's going on there because I know Baylor's switching to more of a, I believe, like a pro-style offense than what they've run in the past. So uh, I think those those positions just to see who fills them and what they're able to do with those teams uh, should be looked at as well. Yeah. You know, and another interesting point on Baylor is I think they're going to have a, just a question mark filled season, especially with the scandal, if you will, that happened in this off season regarding, you know, um, the sexual misconduct that was going on amongst the football team and Art Bryles stepping down. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think that that's going to, hinder Baylor a little bit this season. I think it's going to overshadow a lot of the stuff they're trying to do on the field. So I think in terms of Baylor, they're going to be just more focused on just staying in the game, taking it a snap at a time, a game at a time, rather than trying to worry about, you know, oh, are we going to make the playoff? You know, I think they're just trying to maintain a solid reputation through what they're going to do on the field to try and draw it away from all the stuff off the field. So in terms of what they're going to do, what Baylor is going to do on the field, you know, I, like you said, I think their quarterback situation is going to be interesting because they're, you know, they love to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, new head coach Jim Grobe's going to stick with what they've been doing or if he's going to try and implement something new. Right. Uh, now, Darnell, you kind of brought up uh, Texas with uh, the passing game and stuff like that, how the wide receivers would do. Uh, what are you expecting from them uh, this upcoming season? Because last year in conference they were four and five. Well, actually, uh, yeah, four and five in conference and finished overall with five and seven record. Uh, you think? How do you think they will fare this upcoming year? Uh, I'm expecting like a, a bowl eligible season at least. I think it's to that point where that kind of has to happen. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like Charlie Strong, he's he's had a 
a rough go at it. I mean, some of it's just due to he's he had to clean house there. He had to get rid of a lot of problem children over the past couple of years. But uh, it's it's to the point now where he's had a couple uh, good recruiting classes, especially last year, uh, where now it's time to start pulling it together and getting back to Texas winning ways because, you know, the boosters and fans around Austin are not going to be uh, willing to deal with another season out of the bowl season. So uh, I, th- I think uh, the defense will be legit. Uh, they'll they'll just have to figure it out on offense, and hopefully the defense can carry them. I mean, they, they showed flashes last year. They beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just they – they have to they have to put it all together, and I think this is the season where they have to start that turnaround. Yeah, yeah. You know, talking about Texas's defensive player to look for on that side of the ball for the Longhorns is going to be their linebacker Malik Jefferson. You know, he's he's really on the rise this year. Um, you know, I think he has you know just a nose for the football, and he he just seems to make some plays when they need it. And I just expect him to really kind of blossom this season. You know, I'm not saying you know a humongous season where he's, you know, going to be, you know, interceptions and touchdowns and all this and that. But I definitely look for him to impact the games, you know, make a couple big plays this year uh, and really kind of anchor that defense for them. For sure. Now, do you guys, uh, what do you guys think are will be the key games in this conference for this upcoming season? Well, I mean, as always, the – the Red River rivalry is always a big one, uh, even though, like I said, Texas is trying to make their way back into being an elite team. Uh, I think it's still just a big game to look at in conference. It's one that uh, will kind of show you where Texas is, and it will show you uh, if Oklahoma is ready to push back and get to the Final Four again. Uh, so, I mean, that's the conference goes through those two schools traditionally. So it's always a big game in my eyes. Yeah. You know, I think potentially the biggest game for the big 12 comes in the non-conference game. Um, September 17th, when Ohio state plays at Oklahoma, Oklahoma. because if Oklahoma can win that game, you know, it, it almost seems like they should, if they do what they're supposed to do, will have no problem making the playoff. But if they lose it, may need to make up a little bit of ground here or there just because you schedule a really tough non-conference opponent. But it's a smart move for Oklahoma because a loss to Ohio State could also still keep them in the playoff as long as they do their job, you know, kind of like I said. But it's but in terms of in-conference games, you know, I'm I'm always intrigued by anybody playing TCU. Because TCU always seems to be really hyped, really good, but then just lose a game that they should win. Um, so I'll be very interested to see what TCU does kind of all season long. But I think when TCU and Oklahoma play, uh, that should be a really good game. Uh, a lot of people are picking them to finish 1-2 in the conference. Mm-hmm. So anytime you get 1-2... and two, you know, hopeful playing each other uh, with a lot on the line, you know, it's it's bound to be a good game. Yeah, and I think it's of note that the three games that we talked about, Oklahoma has to play them in succession. They 
play uh they get Ohio State at home on September 17th and they get a bye week then is at TCU and then they go to Dallas to play uh Texas. Yeah, that'll uh, be a tough stretch for them. Right. That's that's quite a yeah. Tough stretch. Especially that's three of your first five games right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean with with a with a front heavy schedule, you know, as as long as they take care of business, you know, think hopefully for them they'll be healthy enough early on to where if they can win, you know, those three games you know, nothing's a sure thing, but they, they'd be able to, you know, kind of lighten up toward the end and, you know, hopefully win some games in a spot where they can rest some of their key players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how do you guys think Oklahoma will fare in those uh, key three key games that they have? Uh, you think they could win all three or you think they'll lose a one or what? The only one I'd be scared to bet on Oklahoma is is against TCU. I th- I think that they get Ohio State early, which is probably good for them. Uh, Ohio State lost a lot, so they might still be trying to figure their way. Uh, it's the, it is two veteran quarterbacks playing against each other, which I think still gives Ohio State a nice fighting chance there. Uh, but I, I would say the most likely one that they lose is TCU. Uh, and I would bet that they would go two and one through that stretch. I would have to think one of those teams gets takes a chunk out of them, just having to go through all those games in a row. Yeah, yeah, and I I would agree. Uh, if they were to lose one of them, uh, I would probably pick TCU mainly due to the fact that that one's on the road. Uh, they play uh, the Longhorns at a neutral site, mm-hmm. uh, and. Oklahoma usually plays pretty well on a neutral site, whether they win or lose, but they usually play good enough on neutral sites to win most games. Um, and then being at home against Ohio State, having the home crowd behind them, that crowd's going to be pumped. I just think having a home crowd advantage in a big game like that kind of kind of already puts you in line to win the game. It already puts you in the game when you need to be in it. So... Just because they're at home, I give them the edge there. But I think the closest game will be the Ohio State game, but the one they'd be most likely to lose would be the TCU game. I can agree with that. That's reasonable, for sure. Um, Now, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with Baylor, uh, with the whole entire scandal uh, that they've been facing this uh, offseason. How do you guys think they will fare this year? Uh, do you think that the scandal is going to have a huge impact on how they play the season or what? I think so. Uh, I mean, it was a lot that went through there. I mean, it's like with most scandals, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to they're either going to fall apart or the team's going to kind of galvanize and take that us against the world approach in their play. But I just I think. I'm not sure if they're talented enough to really make a, a case for a conference championship, but uh, I mean, I think they'll still be a bowl eligible team. Uh, but the transitions that they're making right now, I think there'll be some struggles early. Yeah, you know, the, the, with you saying you think there'll be some struggles early, I think the thing that falls in Baylor's favor is that they're out of conference schedule is not very daunting. I mean, they play Northwestern State, 
uh, Southern Methodist, and then Rice. So they could very easily start the season three and zero just because they're the bigger school. Yeah. Um. So I think if they get a couple wins under their belt, they may be able to build some confidence that they may not think is there early on. But you know, I completely agree. I don't think they're going to be in line for the conference title. I don't think they're going to have this phenomenal season. I I would not be surprised if they finish six and six or seven and five. I mean, they play. you know, Iowa State, who's not typically all that strong. They play Kansas, who's not typically strong. They have two bye weeks. But after their second bye week, they play Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. For six final games, that's not that appealing of a schedule. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lose all six of them, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win four of them. You know, is this just how college football kind of is? But you know, I if I had to guess, I would guess at best a seven and five season. Okay, but still going to a bowl game, which would be a victory considering what's happened in the offseason. Now Tyler said uh, they'd be, I guess, a seven and five season. What? How many wins do you think they would get, Darnell? I think based on their schedule, they can probably still get to eight wins. Uh, but. Like I said, I just think there'll be some bumps in the road. Like I, I, I do think they'll get through that early part of the schedule because it's so weak. Yeah. But sometimes that's also a detriment because by the time you play a real team that has played a couple other better teams, you're you're not really in game shape yet. Yeah. Sure. That's a fair point. Now, who do you guys have winning the, the conference for the Big Twelve? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Oklahoma to repeat and make the playoff. Um, I think Oklahoma's schedule is good enough. It's a playoff schedule. I mean, they open they open the year with Houston, which is not a slouch team. They played very well in their bowl game last year. They play Ohio State, and then the usual conference foes, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, you know, I think if, as long as they can just take care of business, um, you know, come off with no more than one loss, I think that would be good enough to get into the playoff and have a Big 12 title. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma as well. I mean, they, they have a Heisman candidate under center mm-hmm. and just they're, they're the best built team in the conference. Uh, they should they should be able to get through that and get themselves a back-to-back Big 12 title. Uh, but uh, TCU can be a dark horse there, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, look out for uh, TCU. But I think, yeah, Oklahoma can pull it off uh, just based on their talent, especially, yeah, with the Eisman and uh, QB. So I think they'll be fun to watch this year um, for sure. Now, they called the Big 12, but they only got 10 teams in there. There's been rumors about possibly uh, expanding the conference. Are there any teams in mind that you guys would uh, like to see go to the, join the Big 12 or what? Yeah, one I actually just mentioned is Houston uh, for a couple of reasons. One, they have a program that's on the rise. I mean, they absolutely killed it in their bowl game last year, and over the last four or five years, they've actually had pretty decent teams that would be able to compete with the Big big 12 schools, and also geographically, it makes a lot of sense. 
um, you know, they'd be and uh, just right there in the Midwest. So I think geographically it makes a lot of sense. I think um, just talent-wise it makes sense. And I I think Houston would be able to compete in that conference. You know, I don't know if they'd be able to come in and start winning the conference, but I think they'd definitely come in, make bowl games, uh, just be a, a solid team for them to start working to divide up the conference for a championship game. Uh, Darno, you still there, man? Yeah, uh, I think Houston's a good uh, choice to try to court to the play. Yep, can you hear me? Yeah, uh, you're kind of static. Can you hear me? Uh, okay, you're there. Now you're there. Okay. Uh, I, I think Houston's a good uh, choice to try to bring in. Uh, also, I would say take a look at uh, one of the independents and try to go BYU. Mm-hmm. Oh, BYU, yeah. That's uh, good I think they would be another school that could, that, that could fit the conference. Yeah. All righty. Uh, you guys have any other comments on the Big 12? No. All righty. Uh, up next, we're about to go to the ACC. Uh, who are the key players to look for in this conference? Well, I mean, like with the last one, I think, and kind of the obvious choices, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, basically probably the front runner, uh, along with a certain running back out of Stanford to take home the Heisman. Uh, I don't think you can talk about the conference without talking about Deshaun Watson, especially, uh, with the performance he left us with, uh, at the end of last season. Yeah, for sure. He helped put out uh, one of the best championship games uh, ever for uh, college football. So that was, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be a key guy to look out for sure. Uh, who do you have, Ty? Yeah, definitely agree with those two. Um, Deshaun Watson, Heisman hopeful. Dalvin Cook, Heisman hopeful. Both are the leaders of their offense. Both guys can have monster games basically when they want to have them. So, you know, I think that that's going to be basically the two real obvious choices for which players are going to be must-watch TV for the ACC this year. But, you know, one one position I'm really looking forward to watching, and kind of like how Darnell did last time, it's, it's more of a position watch, is going to be the wide receiver core for Clemson see who Deshaun Watson is going to be throwing to this year, who's going to rise as his number one receiver this year. Um, whether it be, you know, even a tight end. Uh, it's going to it's going to be interesting to see when it's third and, you know, medium range or third and long, who's going to be his go-to guy. Because if a quarterback wants to succeed, he's got to have somebody he, you know, he trusts with, with the ball. So... Deshaun Watson is going to need, you know, just somebody he can really dump it to two, two times a possession for sure. And that, that'll really help propel Clemson and it'll really help them get back to the playoff, uh, if that's what fate has for them this year. Yeah. Now, since we're already talking, uh, about Clemson, we'll just uh, go to this question next. Um, but how do you think this team will compare to last year's team? 
Uh, they oh, lost a piece and uh like Shaq lost in our defense. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like they lost some key talent. Uh mm-hmm. but you guys think I know you guys were we were talking earlier about uh Florida State, how they there was rumors how they could uh possibly play against them and things like that. So uh just what are you guys thinking about this Clemson team? They'll uh I don't I'm not sure if they'll be quite the team that they were last year, uh but still good enough to possibly win a national championship. Uh, they did lose a lot up front. They lost both the ends. Uh, they lost some talent from their secondary as well. Uh, but, I mean, they, they're they never terrible on defense. I mean, yeah. they've, they, they got rid of their issues of the past where they would always just choke away some game and blow their season. Uh, I think that was the biggest hurdle that they had to get over. Uh, but I think they'll just be so explosive that they're still just going to be tough to deal with. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'll I'll agree with that. How how some teams find ways to win with their defense? I think Clemson's going to rely more on their offense this year. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson really being the leader of the offense, losing Shaq Lawson on defense, losing a couple secondary guys. I think they're going to be looking more to outscore people rather than to not let the other team score more points. Uh, that makes sense to you guys. But, you know, it, it's going to be a situation where, you know, every, every team experiences this. You lose talent, but you gain talent too. I mean, I don't think any of us are an expert on the class that Clemson's bringing in this year. But, you know, they're not bringing in the 80th ranked class in college football. So they're still bringing in talent. People want to go to Clemson. They're going to be bringing in some freshmen that'll be really good, that'll get good play time, that'll probably step up even. So it's it's going to be who who do they have to step in and replace some of these starters that they've lost? And if if they can do, you know, a comparable job to last season, don't be surprised if they make the the final game again. But if they you know fail to make some big plays at some big times, they can lose a couple of key games and not even make the playoffs. So. It's just going to be about who's filling the shoes this year for Clemson. And uh, I, because, you, you know, Dabo Sweeney is going to do everything he can to have those guys prepared. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have anything else to add to that, Darno? Well, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Like, it, I think it'll be offensive heavy, but uh, I f- think that offense will still just be good enough to do a lot. I mean, they, they they still bring back a lot of talent in the offense, so that's going to be a cohesive unit. Now for the ACC, uh, what games are you guys looking forward to seeing in this conference? You want to lead that one off, Ty? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, you know, there with every conference, there's big out of conference games, big in conference games. Um, I think the most obvious one for in-conference is going to be Florida State-Clemson. Most likely, you know, well, people hope that the winner of that game uh, goes on to the uh, college football playoff or the championship game for the conference to get to the the playoff. But um, in terms of, you know, kind of some out-of-conference games, I think Clemson at Auburn is going to be a huge game, especially if Clemson can win that one and get some off on the right foot. Uh, you know, if they lose that game, they'll be starting in a hole. So Clemson has a, you know, really big test right off the bat. 
Another game that really intrigues me, we talked about this one a couple years ago, or not a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago when the schedule came out, but uh, week one, North Carolina plays Georgia, and they're kind of two upcoming teams. Georgia's, you know, Kirby Smart coming in to be the head coach. North Carolina's coming off a good year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that game. Just kind of a good opening week game. I don't think that game will hold a ton of significance, but just a just a fun game to watch there. Yeah, uh can agree with those. Uh I'm also interested to see uh last year's surprise team play a couple of the big boys, uh which is Pitt. Uh mm-hmm. I think uh Pat Narduzzi came in and did a really good job shoring up their defense. They were pretty stout. Uh now I just want to see if they put more together on the offensive side to see if they can come up another level and deal with some of those, the, the, the two heavyweights of the conference. Oh, just uh, auto all that. Tyler, you kind of brought it up with North Carolina. They had a pretty good season last year. I believe they went, I want to say 10 and three. Um, how do you guys think they're going to do this year? I mean, they probably should end up right back in that conference championship. Uh, like I said, I think it's out of them and and Pitt uh, for that side of the division. Yeah, you know, I I think the anomaly about North Carolina is how do they seem to win some games so big and other keep other ones really close. Um, you know, because there were times last season where Marquise Williams was just lighting people up. Then there were a couple of games where he was almost invisible, and they squeaked out a couple wins that they probably should have won a bit bigger. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think for North Carolina, it's going to be a lot about the coaching staff for them this year. You know, la- I think last year was kind of a surprise for them. You know, granted, no coach would really tell you that a good season was a surprise, but... I don't think many people were picking them to be in the conversation for, you know, contending in the ACC last year to the level that they did. But um, I think that coaching staff learned a lot from last season and is going to make some adjustments to really help them thrive this year. Now, who do you guys have playing in a conference game for this uh, for the ACC, and who do you have coming off on top? I'm going to go Clemson over Pitt. Okay, you have Pitt. Okay. What about you, Ty? Yeah, this one's super hard for me, only because I, I, I view Clemson and Florida State on such an equal level. Um, You know, I, I, I like Clemson a lot. I liked them a lot last year. I like Florida State a lot, <laughs> and it, it's it's going to come down to which team solidifies its defense first. Um, I'm actually going to go with, this is hard for me, but I will go Florida State and North Carolina. Florida State and North Carolina. All right. I, I'm going to have uh, Clemson and North Carolina. And and just for the record, I don't want to pick against Clemson, but something's telling me to. So, <laughs> I mean, picking against it's, Golden it's State seems stupid, stupid too. <laughs> yeah, it just 
I hear you, man. But yeah, like I said, yeah. uh, Florida, Florida State, they can definitely uh, do damage this year. Yeah, uh, they I had mean, a pretty good season last year. So yeah, it's one of those situations where it's just unfortunate that them and Clemson fall on the same side. Yeah. You know, because that would be a great championship game. Yeah, for sure. Trey would be picking the U. Yeah, they ain't they ain't there yet, man. They still, <laughs> you know, a few the U still off. got some more. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they got a coach now, so. Yeah, True. True. so we'll see. I have to see how they do, man. But yeah, I like the U, but I think they still got a few more years to go. But they, they're they decent, so we're looking for them down the road. Now, guys, anything left for the ACC? No, be some fun football to watch. All right. Up next, we have the Pac-12. Uh, what key players are you guys going to? be looking forward to seeing uh, next year uh, for the Pac-12. Obviously, McCaffrey, he's definitely number one for all of us, I believe. So, Yeah, yeah, for sure. McCaffrey is, I mean, he's the it guy in that conference. Mm-hmm. So everybody's going to be, he's going to be must-see TV just to see Absolutely. if he compares to last year doing everything in the book for a team. Uh but, like, I go back to when we talked in the beginning. I mean, you, you do have some some players that are going to be interesting to watch uh, in the rest of the conference. I mean, uh, UCLA's quarterback situation, I want to see how Josh Rosen does uh, coming in. Uh, seems to be a solid quarterback. Uh, I want to see what happens with Oregon. I mean, they got another grad transfer that came in, or it might be a freshman, a redshirt freshman starting for them. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Uh, and then just what what is USC going to be overall? So, I mean, a lot of things and players to watch. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, you mentioned Josh Rosen feeling, you know, coming off of, Decent year. I mean, UCLA had a had a good team, but um, I think it's kind of Josh Rosen's time to be the Pac-12's quarterback. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he kind of handles the media pressure, uh, the campus pressure. Uh, a lot of people I know really like UCLA this year. Um, you know, you mentioned USC. A lot of players or a lot of people are really high on their running back this year, Ronald Jones. Um, I haven't seen much of him, but a lot of people are talking him up pretty big to have a pretty poised year. Yeah. Um, you know, another player I'm really interested to see because his team's receiving a lot of hype is Jake Browning, the uh, quarterback at Washington. A lot of people are really sold on them preseason in the Pac-12, which kind of scares me a little bit, but they're, you know, solid coach, solid what what appears to be a solid roster. Um, you know, they, I believe they have a lot of returning players. A lot of people have them with the uh defensive player of the year in the conference. So I mean they could they can make some noise. I think they're gonna be a team to watch, definitely around college football in general. Um but yeah, just back back to a couple players, you know, I mentioned Ronald Jones, Jake Browning, Josh Rosen. Um, you know, like you said, kind of anybody for USC because they tend to get those big time recruits, but it all comes down to whether they perform or not. 
So it'll be interesting to see who they have that plays well and who they have that does not play well. Because I almost feel like with USC, the both the positive and negative attention is just as intriguing. Yeah, and I mean to stay on the USC, uh, they they do have a player that's making some noise, uh, Adoree Jackson, uh, or Adore. I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce the first name, but uh, <laughs> but uh, they might have a. Charles Woodson type on their hands. He plays corner and receiver, uh, super versatile, and he he might do some stuff in uh, special teams as well. So he might be one to keep an eye out for because he might just be doing a little bit of everything. Uh, I guess that's just that might be the Pac-12's mo with between McCaffrey and him. Uh, But also uh, back to Oregon too. I can't forget about Ray Freeman running back. Yeah, solid. He, he can probably come out and make a lot of noise himself, too, depending on uh, if the quarterback ahead of him is serviceable. Mm-hmm. Now, for uh, McCaffrey, you guys think he can match the uh, performance that he had last year? You think he can do better, or what? It would be really hard to do better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, had a, he had a heck of a year, but, I mean, can he duplicate that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really helps when you are option one, two, and three for the offense, and no one can <laughs> seem to stop you. Yeah. You know, when you're throwing, catching, and running for touchdowns, you, yeah. just the kid's a phenomenal talent. I, I would love to see him get back in the Heisman race. Um, I personally thought he should have won it last year. I'm with you, Trey. I thought he should have won it last year. But uh, that's a popularity contest, and there's a lot of other factors that come into play that, you know, his team just didn't have. But, you know, I think he can easily, you know, run for as many touchdowns, catch for as many. He could throw a couple more, I'm sure. So maybe he could do better than last year. Uh, I'm not sure if he can match the season from last year. I do think he'll probably still have another awesome season, but the big reason I'm not sure is because there's no Kevin Hogan there. Yeah, uh, so I, I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. Uh, and and just the simple fact that another year has passed and everybody's going to be keying in on Christian McCaffrey now. Like He's yeah. going to be the, the name circled on everybody's board when you're when they're talking to their defense. It's going to be, we cannot let this guy beat us. So yeah. Uh, I think he's going to see a lot of loaded boxes and uh, forcing Stanford to throw. So yeah, he might and, have to find other ways. Yeah, and, you know, coming basically off of that point, you know, he's going to see a lot of that. He's going to see a lot of double coverage coming out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll see probably a linebacker. Spying him. Co- yeah, spying him and then possibly a lineman diving back under short coverage. Uh-huh. Um, you'll you'll probably see corners try and slide in on him um, in some sort of zone coverages. So, I mean, he, like you said, he, he's going to be the player that teams focus, that they kind of target. So, you know, I, I still think he can have as good of a year because, you know, just playmakers make plays. They yeah. They just do. They find a way to get in the end zone. They find a way to fight for the extra yard. And I think that's just the kind of player that Christian McCaffrey is. But I think he's going to have to work twice as hard for it this year. Yeah, I can agree with that. I just think uh, with teams just having a whole off season to prepare for a beast like him, uh, I just think uh, 
yeah, people are going to be zoning in on him like crazy this year. So I think he's going to have a good year for sure, but I just I don't think he's going to be able to uh, match the type of production uh, that he had last year just due to just people just zoning in on like crazy on him this year. So it would definitely be fun to watch and everything like that. But I just think there's going to just be a lot of focus on his talent. So. Now, what are the key games that you guys have for this uh, conference this year? Um, I'm liking, I mean, I, one out of conference one, I want to see Notre Dame and Stanford. Uh, I think that'll be uh, That's a be fun good. and interesting game to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we might see fireworks there. And then, of course, just the usual something I want to see. Oregon and Stanford uh, in mid-November, and uh, Oregon. All right, Stanford and USC. They play second game of the year, I believe. So those those are kind of the three I'm keying in on. Yeah, yeah. You know, one team that I like for a couple of reasons in the Pac-12 is Arizona. Um, no, it has nothing to do with. They took Rich Rod off of Michigan's hands. You know, it is nothing. It has nothing to do with that. But they always find a way to pull off one of the bigger upsets of the year. Oh, yeah. And you know, this year they play Washington, UCLA, Utah, USC, Stanford. I mean, right there, there's five games where they could spoil somebody's season, um, or spoil a couple of seasons. Yeah. And they all, like I said, they always find a way to beat a team that's hot, that's really rolling with that spread, fast-paced offense that Rich Rod has them going with. Um, you know, I'm not going to pick them to win the conference or even get in the title game, but I do like watching them play. I mean, mainly because nobody else is on at 1030 at night, and they just have, a, like I said, a fast offense that scores a lot of points. So that's that's just good TV. I like I really like watching uh, them. You know, they they find, like I said, they just find a way to win a big game, and that's exciting for me. That makes me want to watch Arizona when they, because I mean, they'll get you know Utah. They'll be ranked when they play them. Washington will most likely be ranked. UCLA will probably be ranked. USC should be ranked, and Stanford will be ranked for sure when they when they play. So they they have a lot of good opportunity to spoil some parties and i wouldn't be surprised if they spoil two or three of them yeah definitely within the realm of possibility with them yeah yeah um, you know also since you mentioned an out of conference game you know uh USC Alabama yeah. uh, that that one just has the names to it Alabama has the actual backup for that game but USC, it'll be interesting to see if they come out, how they look early in the season against a really good opponent. Uh, you know, I will say I think Alabama's going to win that game fairly easily. But USC, if they're for real, could surprise somebody in that game and maybe squeak it out. Yeah, I mean, it's just name value alone is a battle of two blue blood, blue blood schools. So yeah. uh, it's definitely one that everybody's going to step in to watch, two of the bigger alumni bases mm-hmm. in the world. So uh, I, I think that's going to be must-see TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, the game for me that I just cannot 
uh, wait and see with USC and Alabama. I just think uh, for USC to come out, start the season off and play a powerhouse like Alabama, it would be really good for the, to really just see what they're really made out of, especially since they're going to be going up against their old coach in uh, Lane Kiffin. So I just think that would just be fun for them to watch, uh, to watch and just see how they're going to start the season off. I think that's good. And I'm going to be looking out for Oregon, too. It just seems like every year, like, they just find that one team in the conference that they just uh, will choke a game to. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch them as well. So uh, Oregon, they have great talent, but uh, they just seem like they just choke a winnable game every year to me. So it's be interesting to see. Now, who do you guys have playing in the conference games? And who do you have on it? <laughs> you know, it's the the one thing I like about the Pac-12 is that I feel the the conference alignment is very fair. You have two or three very solid teams on both sides of the bracket, yeah. and I think they are in terms of conference alignment. I believe they've done it right. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of who do I have in the conference game? Oh, you know, the, the one on the one side, I'm going to have Stanford for sure. Um, I like their team. I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll rely on Christian McCaffrey. I, I think he'll be able to produce enough to get them to the Pac-12 title game. As far as who they're playing, I think that's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, you know, a lot of times an experienced quarterback in college can win you a lot of games. That makes me lean toward taking UCLA in the title game. Uh, but I think that side's a little more open with USC and Utah. But I'll go I'll go with UCLA, experienced quarterback. I like Jim Mora. So I will go with UCLA playing Stanford. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the likely choice there. Uh... I I still think just because of how the conference has gone as of late, I give Oregon an outside shot mm-hmm. of sneaking in there. Uh, just because, and like I said, outside of McCaffrey, I'm still wondering where a lot of points are going to come from with Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just no matter what, you feel like Oregon's going to be able to put up thirty a game on whoever. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I still give my edge to Stanford, uh, and then yeah, I think. Uh, as far as the South Division goes, it's UCLA's to lose. But uh, I'll I'm gonna go with uh, finally UCLA to sh- show up, and I-, I pick them to win the conference. I will do the same. Um, I will also pick UCLA, but I'm gonna go ahead and say I think for the second straight year the Pac-12 is gonna be left out. I can agree with that. I, I think. I think the winner will just have too many losses. Um, if you have three, two losses will probably get you in. Three losses will get you out. Um, and I just don't see the Pac-12 champion coming in with less than three losses. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, if you look at it, either... So, like Stanford, like, they were 12 and 2 uh, last year didn't make it. Uh, 
well, did they, I can't remember, did they play in their title game? Uh, the yeah, they, they, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. won. They won. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, MSU, like, they, I think they got the, like, barely got past them for the, uh. Well, I, I don't, uh, I don't know if Michigan State barely got past. I mean, Michigan State had the two best road wins in the country. Yeah. I mean, the, just, just the way I look at it, the Pac-12 is an even conference because nobody's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at the other major conferences. Oklahoma was great last year. Um, I th- I believe they had what two losses. Uh, they lost to Texas, and did they lose the? So I think they had two losses. I think they yeah. had, they had two losses. You said, but who had but two they losses? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. but they but they were they were an outright champion, and that last year I think was also yeah, kind they of were a makeup too. Last year, yeah, it was it was a makeup for the Big Twelve. Because they missed out on the year before, but I, I think that's just a completely different discussion. But if you look at the Big Ten, you know Michigan State had one loss, and then Clemson was undefeated. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to go based on record alone, it was between Stanford and Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's losses were to better teams. You know, it, it, you said it's just eleven what it last year, Trey. So uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma were yeah they were eleven and two. So yeah, that second loss was their uh, playoff game. So so and one, yeah, eleven and one in the regular season. Oh yeah, twelve game total and then yeah. So I mean, if if you look at it, their two losses were the most of any of the teams to keep them out. But it, j- just look at the other the other conferences are more top heavy, mm-hmm. and and I think you can take any of the any of the champions from Big 12, SEC, ACC, Big 12, move them over to the Pac-12, and they still win that conference. If you move Stanford into the Big 10, SEC or ACC, I don't see them, you know, decreasing a lot, but I don't see them improving either. Yeah, they're not going into either of those conferences. And yeah, and, and, and that's just solely the eye test. That, yeah. That's all that is. Okay. Uh, but it, I go. I I do think if based on how UCLA's schedule lays out, if they were to handle their business like they should, I do give them an outside shot of making it. Uh, their their schedule is not crazy, but uh, their big games are spread out. Like uh, they have a they start out with a decent nine conference game against A and M. Uh, they play BYU game three, follow that up with Stanford, so big game. Arizona might be a trap game, kind of how Ty said they seem to just step up. And then basically the only two other teams to look out for are Utah and USC. And I, I think if they they can clean that up, maybe have one loss to one of the bigger teams that they play and come back and win the Pac-12 title, I th- think they have a shot at getting into that Final Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they – have a shot just uh just like last year uh their conference record could have definitely been better but they were five and four in their conference last year but mm-hmm. I think they can definitely improve uh this year just with their schedule how their schedule and everything works but uh yeah just last year they were five and four in their conference but I, I think they can improve so they're they're definitely going to be a team to look out for you know sure. and 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 the thing I think UCLA will have to remember is you know 
if you look at their schedule, they got like UNLV, Washington State, sometimes a trap game, but not normally. Um, Colorado, like those are the games they need to win by more than three scores, two, two or three scores or more. You know, like they, if they want to get in the playoff, they have to win some of these games pretty big. I mean, if you look, if you look at all the other conferences, when teams have the ability to win by 40 points, they're winning by 40 points. You know, you, you can't go in your conference, slide past these easier teams, you know, by three or seven and have a loss or two and expect to get looked at pretty seriously. Yeah, I can agree with that. Now, do you guys have anything else to add? I I, I just think the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve is going to be left out again. Okay, that's, that's just. And you are, you do you agree with Ty Darno? I mean, if I just off of preseason rankings, if I just had to make a guess, yes, the Pac Twelve is probably the one to be left out, just because they seem to be the weakest of the Power Five. respect that yeah and 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 once again i i think that is solely based off of history in recent years i mean if uc or if usc was the typical power that they normally are if oregon you know can find a way to get back to their mariota days and be that dominant team again they, they just need a couple teams to really step up and kind of take a hold of the nation and force the committee to look at them uh, that will really help a two-loss Pac-12 team get in, as opposed to where you know you have Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State beating up on each other, and the committee going, "Wow, those are three really good teams, and have been three good teams." You know, they'll get a nod over a UCLA team beating Arizona, Arizona State, and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just the idea that you know. The Pac-12 just doesn't seem to, one, in my opinion, have the depth toward the bottom of their conference. Like in the SEC, I would take the bottom half of the SEC over the bottom half of any conference in the nation. And I would take the middle of the SEC over the middle of any other conference. It's just how it is. That's why an SEC team will always get in, is because their depth is there. And then when you get toward... The top-heavy conferences you have, like the Big Ten, when you have the three best teams in the conference playing each other in the same division, as long as they win the championship game, they should be in because they're beating two or they're most likely being one of the two of the better teams in the country. Where you look at the Pac-12, you have Stanford, and then you have Utah, who isn't taken very seriously, and USC, who isn't taken very seriously. It's just kind of Stanford's expected to run the table or else it's not happening. You know, and that's, that's why I see them being left out again because one, I don't see them running the table. And two, I, if, if they have two or more losses, it's just not going to be a go. Yeah. Which then talks about you have five power conferences. How can you keep one out? And that's just a whole different discussion, a messy discussion. And I don't know whatever's going to happen with the playoff system. So, well, yeah, until they we'll until see. they change it, that's always going to be the argument. There's always yeah. going to be one school from one of the Power Five that's just out in the cold looking in. Uh, just right now, 
this just the Pac-12 is the the whipping boy there. I mean, like Trey said, Oregon seems to always give away a game. USC is still trying to recover from uh, sanctions. They just haven't seemed to be able to turn around yet. Everybody thought last year was going to be the year, but they just I think they need a coach before they can get back. And Stanford, they're always solid and consistent, but they, it's just they 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 ha- probably because of some of the academics there, they just haven't gotten that team where it's just they're so ridiculous you can't deny them. Yeah. Now you guys brought up the whole uh, Power Five. Um, just if you guys just list the uh, conferences in order from best to worst, in your opinion. I think we can go ahead and agree the SEC is number one. Yeah. Can, can we all agree? Yeah. Yeah. Then I think it's up for discussion. But personally, I would go Big Ten second for their depth. Um, I think if you look at teams more four through seven, I would take the Big Ten's four through seven over the ACC's four through seven. Um, I would take four through seven in the Big Ten over the Big Twelve. So I would personally go SEC number one, Big Ten number two. Um, I would probably go Big 12 three, ACC four, Pac 12 five. But I think um, Clemson and Florida State are two of the top six or seven teams in the country. So... If 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 that conference just had a little more depth, I would put them over the Big Twelve. I just think the Big Twelve has a little more consistency in those middle teams. Yeah, yeah, um, pretty much in line with with Ty on that one. Uh, SEC is basically uh, and yeah, they're NFL minor leagues basically. <laughs> uh, at, at any time, you usually have six or seven ranked teams out of there. Uh, Big Ten next. Uh, think they're hurt a little bit by all of their power being on one side of their conference. Yeah. Um, so you think I, they should have done a better job at uh, separating uh, teams for the conference? Well, I think they split it the only way they could, but okay. it's, it's just it, all the power is in one area. It's in two <laughs> states. It's yeah. Michigan and yeah. Ohio State. You can't split Michigan and Michigan State up there in the same state. And I mean, I guess you could go north and south and put Ohio State in the south, but you still have to make sure that they play Michigan every year yeah. in a cross deal. Uh, I think it's just it works out that way. I mean, it sucks for all of us as fans of some of those teams that, you know, one of us is getting screwed. Like, we don't get to hash it out in a championship game because Iowa or Wisconsin, depending on who – got a better recruiting class that year basically has a cakewalk uh so the championship on that side uh but after that i go big 12 as well i think they're just a little more complete from top to bottom than uh acc though i do think the acc's top two teams are better than almost anybody else's outside of maybe the sec uh but i just feel like after clemson and florida state they're pretty mediocre. And then out of Pac-12, I think their best team is a middle team for any other conference, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would agree there. You know, Stanford, 
would fall in that four to seven range in the Big Ten. They fall in the maybe five to seven range in the SEC, and they'd fall in the three to five. Th- they would be number three in the ACC. Yeah, I, I, I'd give them that. But you yes. know, kind of back to your point on the realignment and or the alignment topic in the Big Ten. Do you like? I found it very interesting when they first aligned it. They did the leaders and the legends divisions, mm-hmm. and they actually had Michigan, Michigan State in the one and Ohio State in the other where you could have had that scenario where Michigan still played them in the end but potentially could have gotten a rematch with them in the championship game if it worked out that way which would have been very interesting and messy if you really want to break that down but the way the way I looked at that I actually liked that division divide because you could get Michigan or Michigan State playing Ohio State in the championship game you could get you know, a surprise Iowa playing in Ohio State or a Wisconsin, you know, if it just so happened to be that way. But I think that was the best split that they possibly could have done. Then they went geographic and kind of screwed it way up. Yeah. Um, just by loading the one side and that kind of being the end of it. Um, I think for the Big Ten's sake, it would it would be better to have one of the well i'm i'm assuming one of the michigan schools would play ohio state in the championship game for ratings that would be the best possible scenario but i also look at that situation and say did the big 10 fall on the geographical layout in hopes of getting one of them being the conference's three best teams in the playoff to represent us each year yeah, I mean, I, that's what it would end up being looked at like. Cause I mean, I, th- I think there was some issue with the legends and leaders split because I mean, it was, didn't seem like there was really much rhyme or reason to it, especially based on those names. Uh, like if you go with legends of the conference, still theoretically Michigan. <laughs> Ohio State, yeah. Michigan State should all be in the same yeah. uh, division. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, I just think it was screw with that. And plus, all the murkiness about it of trying to have their base rivals that they always play, it it yeah. just, I think it got too mucked up trying to figure out that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, it ended up with teams that really weren't rivals and they were saying, this is your yeah, this rival. Is your rival. It's yeah. like, no, like, yeah. They're saying that to me as a Michigan State fan. It's like I, we have two rivals. If one of them is not even in our conference. It's Notre yeah. Dame and, and Michigan. Like so, I, I don't like. Yeah, we we got a random trophy for certain games, but nobody cares about that specifically. Yeah, you know, and you know, being a Michigan fan, like when it was leaders and legends, how whether it was coincidence or not that it broke up was the one side was your team started with an M or an N and Iowa and then everybody else. Like, yeah. like I said, I don't know if that was planned or not, but that's how it ended up being all the M and N schools. So Michigan, Minnesota, Michigan state, Nebraska, Northwestern and Iowa. And then there was everybody else. Mm-hmm. So like, Oh, it, it's like, okay. I mean, that allowed us, I mean, we play Minnesota every year anyway for that little brown jug that we don't really care about. 
I mean, re- really, in, in the Big Ten, what it boils down to is Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. How are those three teams going to do against each other? Because whoever fares the best is playing for the championship. That yeah. That's all it is in the Big Ten. And I think even nationally, that's all people care about. Yeah, and I mean, it was just basically, it was going to be one way or the other. Uh, with the previous setup, Michigan and Michigan State fans were going to get the shaft because we had to play each other and basically kind of felt like Ohio State was going to get into that title game almost every year. Uh, and now you, you guys got Wisconsin that one year when they had That, that is true. Well, yeah, they had Russell uh, Wilson and he yeah. just was amazing that year. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if they would have kept that, I mean, pretty much eight out of every ten years, it would have been Ohio State getting there. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there, there's some of that in the SEC as well. I mean, the it, if it, yeah, but it, it it has it has at least flip flop there. It used to be all about the East, like Florida, and Georgia, and Tennessee were basically running the conference all through the '90s. But then it flipped, and now it's Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. So maybe that'll come with the Big Ten. I'm not sure how because I just don't think Iowa and Wisconsin have enough to footprint to recruit like that but who knows yeah I, I guess we can talk about that next week when we talk about the Big Ten and the yeah I was about to say SEC. man we cutting into a little bit into uh, next <laughs> week's discussion but you know hey just shows how excited we are for the Big Ten and SEC so uh, can't wait to watch those guys play uh, when the season starts up uh, for sure so definitely going to be covering those guys a lot and as we see in the Big Ten. Uh, you guys have anything else to add? All right, give me some football. Yeah, yeah. don't. Got a few more weeks, man, but uh, they, it's going to be coming. So, for sure. Uh, you got anything to add, Ty? No, I guess the Olympics will have to do for another week and a half. Yeah, so. <laughs> so have to check those guys out. Um... But yeah, man, you guys can follow us at on uh, SoundCloud, um, YouTube, Podcast dot com, Google Play, TuneIn, um, Stitcher. Just search for us. We should be popping up on Google or whatever search engine you use. So definitely check us out. Also encourage you. Uh, shout out to my cousin uh, Derek Franklin. Uh, if you guys are in the cars, I uh, was. Encourage you guys to check out his YouTube channel, uh, the Black Scat Pack. So I got to give him a shout out, man. He always checks us out. So you shout out to him. And you can just follow us at on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Um, and that's it. You guys got anything left to say? See you next week. All right, for sure. So, yep, next week uh, going to be SCC and Big Ten. Uh, we're just going to give a overall thoughts on our breakdown and everything like that. We're going to get into the um, how we feel about the rankings, the preseason rankings. Uh, we feel as if anybody's overrated, rated too high, rated too low, and stuff like that. So next week should be good as well. So check us out.